everyone, and welcome to another episode of Legends of the New Republic, the Star Wars Book Club podcast focusing on Star Wars Legends novels set after The Return of the Jedi. Uh, we are still working our way through Truce at Bakura currently, the first chronological book set several hours after Return of the Jedi and moving forward from there. Uh, I am David Pickering. I am one of your hosts on this podcast, and I am currently sitting next to three Toblerone bars. <laughs> and I'm Chris. I'm another host on this podcast, and I am the one most likely to be shot for various reasons. By a Toblerone bar. By a Toblerone bar. We know it's not going to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing, because Obi-Wan is like, by the way, they're so precise. Anyway. Okay, uh, and, and I am Jason, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. I mean, wait a minute. Across <laughs> the streams. Oh, man, that's great. That's a good one. That's a keeper. <laughs> I'm Kat, and currently I do not have any chocolate nearby, but I want some. I am Sharkray24. I'm still recovering from last week's episode. And uh, <laughs> I... Luckily, don't have any chocolate near me because I'm allergic to chocolate. Oh, no. Yeah, Valentine's Day sucks. What a sad <laughs> life that must be. Sorry. Don't recover too much, though, because Governor Narius is in this week's show. I'll say, yeah, he's back. <laughs> I, well, I, you oh, see, I've, bra- I've mentally braced myself now. Have you there actually you read the chapters, though? That's the question. I, I, I listened to them, and... I think I I need to start trying to listen to them more than just once because for some reason they're just not sticking. I don't know. It's <laughs> so Maybe last week's trying to protect you. We mm-hmm. got through part of chapter five. We had a space battle. We had a um, an interesting scene on Bakura where we met some characters who. Uh, live on the planet. We learned a little bit about the history of Bakura, and we learned that Governor Narius is definitely uh, a man of big top energy and not (laughs) (laughs) big top energy. (laughs) Uh, mm, You should hear the voice in his audio in the audio book because uh, (laughs) the voice is definitely not big top energy. I'll say that much. I remember is it, hearing is it the, fully act, like casted or is it just yeah, one it's guy? Fully casted. What? And um I listened and it, it it got well no, it may not be fully casted, but the, the guy who, who does it has range. He's got range. And uh oh, wow. apparently Big Top Energy is not in that range because he went the complete <laughs> opposite direction with that character. <laughs> I, I vote that we now. reread the book and create an audio recording where we give him big top energy. Amen. <laughs> I I volunteer his tribute. And in the it's, third ring, we have it's like the Siruk. It's like if uh if a if a prissy Victorian Londoner was mixed with a corrupt mid seventies American politician. Uh, so a victorian man got it i'm not seeing the distinction here (laughs) okay so this week we are diving back in with a point of view shift to our old friend dev sibawara the extremely brainwashed 
strange, strange man who lives with the sea rook or the sea roofie, excuse me. <laughs> um, oh no, it would be sea rook. Man, this is weird. These plurals are going to mess me up. So he is serving drinks on the bridge of the Shrewir, the ship that he is on, um, to different uh, sea rook uh, command staff when uh, he senses Luke Skywalker through the force during the battle which causes him to begin crying because, or at least his eyes water because uh, to Dev, Luke Skywalker's force presence feels like his mom. Aww. Uh, confirming he tries that, to suppress these um, thoughts. Confirming that <laughs> Luke is an adoptive parent. <laughs> I mean, what else is the new Jedi Order Because we all know how well that turns out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but the entire new Jedi Order books are just Luke being an adoptive parent. He's just like, let me find It'll all be of the people. interesting when we get there because Luke has a lot of problem children. <laughs> Luke is like the Bruce Wayne of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, he's not so much an adoptive parent as he is a distressed, tired principal. He mm -hmm. looks at the the balance of the the imbalance of the force in the universe, and he said, "You know what I think this needs? More Skywalkers." <laughs> because that works every time <laughs> so dev actually senses this starts to cry and he decides it's time to hide these feel these feelings and suppress the emotions um but before he can really get through too much of thinking through the, the like you know import of sensing another force sensitive person uh the emergency reorientation alarm goes off on the ship <laughs> uh, I guess the, AKA the... turbulence. <laughs> yes. I guess the sea rook do not have very good artificial gravity or they decided to roll the ship without turning it up or something. So he tangles himself in a hammock. Hero, I was going to be so proud of this ship for coming out, you know? <laughs> but, and then you told me that it's not that kind of orientation. What do you mean it's not that kind of orientation, <laughs> David? We need representation in this book. I don't know what direction they're reorienting to, but uh, Dev tangles himself up in a hammock. Uh, he leaves a cart of food in the hallway, which then splatters all over the hallway and gives him an excuse to hide uh, or to not have to talk too long to Blue Scale, a Siruk elder who comes up later, or a Siruvi elder who comes up later and who... Um, starts talking to him and it, it's noted that blue scale who is blue um whoa is no <laughs> very perceptive and has what you might mistake for force sensitivity because he can tell what people's emotions are but it is mostly just because he senses this through scent changes so he smells your feelings and somehow manages to miss dev's distress or misappropriate dev's distress as um being overcome with I guess being upset that he left food in the hallway to get splattered everywhere and that he will calm down once he has a chance to do some manual labor and clean the hallway up. So this fool's blue scale proving that he's kind of an idiot and Dev runs off to mop the hallway. <laughs> I mean, it kind of sounds to me like he's just a Victorian man <laughs> who is looking at a Victorian woman and saying, <laughs> and looking at all these horrible things that she's experiencing and saying, oh, she'll be fine after she does some cleaning. It's well, just the of, hysteria. It also, sounds like, it also sounds like a Victorian like gentleman looking at any serf ever and being like, what does he need in his life? Ah, oh, yes, more labor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think Dev literally says something along the lines of like labor will clear my mind or something and then yes. off to mop the hall. So we shift back into chapter six, going back to Leia and Han and Luke and them who are getting ready to come down to the planet to attempt their first negotiations with the people of Bakura. Uh, Han thinks that this could be a trap and Leia actually agrees with Han and has a bad feeling about it, which concerns her. She literally says she's concerned that she agrees with Han. Um, and Han is like, <laughs> are you developing self-preservation skills? Yeah. Wow, honey, I'm so proud of you. What a great <laughs> attitude to have towards your significant other. <laughs> he specifically says, I'm afraid, or, you know, I think that she is growing a sense of self-preservation. Something I thought Skywalkers were inherently born without. Valid. Let's Very be real valid. here. Yeah, yeah. Luke's solution to dealing with his father is... I might die. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Anakin's solution to dealing with any problem is if I throw myself at it and cut it with a lightsaber, it will solve one problem and create a whole host of new problems that I'll deal with later. <laughs> but hey, they won't be that same problem. Anakin Skywalker would have been fighting the Hydra for the rest of eternity. So, so I'm honestly surprised jokingly surprised i guess that when skywalker finds this girl that he likes he just hasn't just been literally thrown his lightsaber at her or something oh let's be real here he's probably like because we only ever get really a sense of of what's going on from his perspective when it comes to her he 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 acts like he's being subtle but as we all know skywalkers don't understand the meaning of the word subtle <laughs> neither neither do the Amidala family either. Like like Padme Amidala's favorite form of diplomacy is that which involves guns. I mean it's 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 hashtag Skywalker subtlety TM. Which means that he's probably instead of subtling subtly casting glances like a coy Victorian man, um, he's actually wide-eyed, open stare, <laughs> staring at her with just, his mouth huh? open and just like one oh, hand in a girl. circle, finger going in and out. <laughs> What's... Can this be our new catchphrase for the show? Everyone is some version of a Victorian man. David, yes. <laughs> David, yes. I just, I was looking at the show notes and in chapter five, the first note is we broke Jay. Accurate. Yes, it is. I just it's noticed accurate. that. That's why I said I really liked the show notes for chapter five. Well, hey, I was trying to find like the, the name of the girl who is escaping me. Uh, Gariel? Gariel, there, yeah. No, I was trying to find her name because... Honestly, this may just be hopeful little me, but she can, she gives me big lesbian energy. <laughs> because she, she has seems some interesting just, character traits. She seems just completely and totally disinterested whenever a man says anything. It reminds me of that tweet where where like somebody ran into an Asian woman while she was with her girlfriend and the Asian woman looked back and forth between the two of them and 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 nodded firmly before saying men are too trouble. <laughs> <sighs> like as a bisexual woman. Yes. Can I get a t-shirt that says hashtag too trouble and wear as, it everywhere? As, 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> As a polysexual trans woman, I second that. <laughs> Firmly second that. As a straight white man, I don't agree with anyone in this room except myself. And, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, and that's what we that one. All right. And I don't disagree with any of you, though. <laughs> <laughs> way to cover all the bases i know i know i just i just can't commit to being offensive i really try but i just can't do it <laughs> so after they decide to actually go to bakura and land on the planet they get into a secondary argument about whether they're going to land in the falcon or if there's any other ship at all that they could possibly land in. And they realized they didn't think very hard about this before they <laughs> left, because all they have is the Falcon, and it won't fit on the Flurry's lounge deck. So they can't park it. They have to take it down to the planet. And Leia's like, oh, great. We're basically landing to make our first diplomatic impression in this ship that literally looks like it's been through a blender. It's like, <laughs> hello, yes. Imagine for a moment that an American diplomat rolls up to i don't know australia <laughs> in a in a 70s, garbage cow <laughs> in a 70s era volkswagen van that is clearly <laughs> being driven by the local drug dealer <laughs> because that's what happened and his unshaven friend <laughs> exactly well i think and they can so, be a bit more understanding of the wookie being unshaven you know because <laughs> like he's a wookie except except that this is an imperial controlled planet so no they're yeah, we're about to find out they don't even let droids on the planet without restraining bolts Okay, but that's completely and totally understandable. Realistically, that, that, that's a yeah. that is another. Story I don't like droids because yeah. droids are ex like droids are extremely dangerous when you think about it. It actually makes a ton more sense again after the Clone Wars having been a thing, because it's like, oh yes, it makes total sense why a planet that was probably involved in some of the Clone Wars wouldn't like droids. Exactly. Yeah. Well, also, oh, if you like think about the pets. moral implications of the way they treat droids in that universe, they're all literally just ticking time bombs of, like, psychosis and energy to, like, murder everyone. The first rule of Star Wars is that the galaxy will implode if we talk about the morality of droids in Star Wars. That is fair. They spent 20 years avoiding having to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, buddy. Moving on, though. So they, they ruled that the Volkswagen is the only option much to leia's chagrin very much and she also notes that she's really kind of not looking forward to introducing luke as the commander because he looks like a kid luke <laughs> i may this, be I younger you than older. you <laughs> leia you may be uh older than me by two minutes but wow you're so immature <laughs> He has such a baby face, though. Like, even even if you look at Mark Hamill, like, now, like, if he didn't have that beard, you'd think he was, like, so much younger than he is. Mm. It's true. Mark Hamill was adorable. Uh, so they get down to the planet, and we get this wonderful line where they're describing what Leia sees when she meets Governor Narius for the first time. And the... Governor is described as being, quote, absolutely in charge, with both in and charge capitalized. 
Big top energy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like even Leia gets it. I'm just picturing the top from Inception now, though. Like every time I was like, big top energy, I'm just seeing it spinning on a table. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, so he is large yes. and in charge. So Leia brings news that Palpatine is dead to Governor Narius. I was surprised that Narius believes this. Uh, yeah, he took it surprisingly he well. Kill him. Well, I mean, says, it helped that he, that she specified that like it was Darth Vader's fault. Yeah, and then Narius is immediately like, oh, "Of course, I knew it. The Sith are duplicitous. The Emperor should never have trusted them," which is hilarious <laughs> because it's like, my dude, you know, though this establishes <laughs> this establishes. <laughs> I really wish Leia had said that. <laughs> Star Wars needs to be rewritten hey, my in guy. Gen Z slang. Just the Emperor everything. would never work with the Sith. My dude. <laughs> my dude. But this establishes that the Empire was apparently oblivious to the fact that Palpatine was himself a Sith. Oh, like, yeah. Not just, just a Sith. He was a Sith Lord. They just, like, they saw him take all the aesthetic cues of the Sith, every single freaking one of them, and they were (laughs) like, that's fine. That's probably not In defense of reasonable people everywhere, nobody knew what the aesthetics of the Sith were because they'd been extinct for a thousand years, and nobody talked about them. except that he knew that Darth Vader was a Sith. So right, like, because Darth Vader is walking around being like, yes, I'm evil. And people are like, why? Why are you evil? And he's like, because I I'm Sith. looked at it as the fact that the fact that Palpatine is still, like, Palpatine is already not really, like, an old man, but he's definitely in his, like, 60s at least, uh, like, appearance-wise during the prequels. And it's been 20 years, so my assumption was just that the rest of the Empire was like, he's a deformed old man. <laughs> Who wants to wear a comfortable robe and hide his face in the hood? Oh my god! We'll just let him. The emperor was a fan of snuggies. Oh yeah, my god! That's <laughs> <laughs> like an something, you know, year old man who's been injured in various horrible ways by the Jedi, and you rule the galaxy. It was you know all. What? Let's just give him a pass and let him wear his bathrobe <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it was all just a, rated, a, a weighted blanket he was wearing, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's adorable." <laughs> It was a way yeah, to hide of little pads of metal belt. laying it down. They're all just lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> it's low key the biggest flex ever. Well, I mean, he pulls that one out of his sleeve in the movie, and then the Clone Wars shows he has at least one more in the other sleeve. I like. I like to imagine that he's like very obviously a Sith Lord, and oh yeah, all everyone who's like working with him is overlooking it out of nervousness because who's <laughs> going to be the one guy who, who at a meeting when, when Darth Vader is choking people at meetings for speaking out of turn, who is going to be meeting with the emperor who is known to be stronger than Darth Vader? Well, this who's is just the thing. Speak up. Well, and th- be this like, is the thing though. Hey, who uh, knows that? Who is actually in possession of that knowledge? Here's the thing. You know who would say something? You know who would say something? Princess Leia, because she has no <laughs> sense of self-preservation. I mean, she I'm talking about Imperials here. 
Yeah, she was an she imperial, was an imperial sen- senator. senator. For a while. Like, like, and so was Bail Organa. Like, like she she became and so an imperial was, Bail Organa. So was Mon Mothma. She was like Flat 14, 15 he was years a Sith old. Lord because Yoda told him. Yeah, but so was exactly. Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma was also a, a senator. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think that I think that what you like, I th- my disagreement with the way you all view this universe at the moment is that anyone knows anything about this. Like, I think that nobody knows that the Emperor is anyone but the Chancellor, who then became the Emperor. Because why would he tell anyone? He has Darth Vader to do the, all the, the murdering for him. Very few people in the know, because we know a couple people know, like Bail Organa, just because literally they were told. But nobody believes them. Like, Palpatine is literally a war hero to most of the people in the Empire. They think of him as, like, this great moral hero leading the republic out of corruption well you have the popularity of of everybody you'd think they'd assume he was more powerful than vader considering the fact that vader literally did anything he wanted and was subordinate to almost like he's following an emperor I mean, you're assuming power structures have to be within a certain system. Like, I would follow the emperor even if he isn't, like, my leader in my weird cult. <laughs> like, well, I he's mean, still in like, charge. You, you'd, you'd think that, you know, up until, obviously, Vader kills the emperor, that there was, there had to be some one who had something in the back of their mind saying this doesn't feel right why hasn't vader just killed him and taken power yet? i know because <laughs> they saw governor narius though because yes. he is completely on board with oh that makes perfect sense we really should yeah. have seen this coming <laughs> and and like maybe maybe everybody assumed that darth vader was manipulating the little bitty old man who just wants to be left alone in his bathrobe well but the other it's side to it is it's the eunuch problem. Like a lot of cultures, particularly ancient China, used eunuchs because they believed that they were incorruptible because they had less reason to want power. Like they didn't have progeny. They didn't have like reasons to gain power. It's entirely possible everyone looked at Darth Vader and went, oh yeah, you're literally like half machine and you're kind of dying. And like, we have to put you in a weird egg whenever we take you anywhere so that you don't die. (laughs) (laughs) And they might've been like, oh yeah, makes sense. He doesn't like want to make a big power play to take over the galaxy for reasons. Like that make. I also like to imagine that Palpatine says a lot of things that would clearly give him away as a Sith Lord, but like the context of what he says is just taken out of context, and they're like, "Oh, that makes sense for a regular old man." Just oh, he electrocutes he's just the getting, guy, and then he just goes, "Oh, static." Uh, uh, he's just, <laughs> no, no, imagine bad imagine, reception. Imagine like someone overhears him say unlimited power and it's just him plugging something into an electric outlet <laughs> that's the image i got in my mind i'll just imagine him at, like at, making one of those like 1950s psa ads talking about like imperial power standards and he's just like no you two in your household can have unlimited power, power. thanks to the <laughs> sterling work of the imperial power company <laughs> I don't know that he would ever use the word sternly. It doesn't <laughs> but matter. But Chewbacca would. <laughs> <laughs> because Chewbacca is a fancy, fancy Victorian gentleman. 
But anyway, I really like what comes next is that Leia says Vader killed Palpatine and Luke clearly wants her to add that he was like some kind of hero in the end. And Leia, I mean, A, she knows that would not go over very well, but she also says, and I quoted this here because I liked it. She says, I know what she said. She wanted, she knew what Luke wanted her to say, but 10 minutes contrition did not make up for years of atrocities. I really like that summary of Leia's opinion of Darth Vader. (laughs) Well, it's it's Leia such a cinnamon roll. He's just completely willing Vader. to forgive him immediately, and Leia's like, um, "No, <laughs> yeah, he was a space Nazi for like twenty five years. He doesn't get a pass just because he chucked Palpatine down a pit." Well, and this is the other reason why I don't think the rest of the universe cared about Palpatine or Darth Vader's like religion, because they aren't part of it. Like, essentially, the Force is a weird religion that picks its members, and everyone else can screw off. Like, so, And most people don't even believe in it by this era. Like, right. So like, Clearly, I, the guy that he chokes in A New Hope didn't believe it was real. And then, right. obviously, even, as, even in the age of the Clone Wars, there was confusion, confusion between a Jedi and a Sith, because we know from the Clone Wars that when Darth Maul comes back, and he attack. He starts attacking random ships. Some of the ship people see his lightsaber and is like, "Why is a Jedi attacking innocent, innocent uh, ships and stuff like that?" Right. I mean, imagine like even in real life, like someone says that they like. Just imagine trying to identify like actual religious sectarianism all over the world and figure out what brand of what religion someone happens to follow. Oh God! Even if they happen to be wearing the symbol of one of the world's major religions. Like you would never be able to tell. No, it is. You don't understand. Like the Catholic, in the Catholic church, there are all these different sects that a, a priest or a, a clergy person can be a part of. There are the passionists. There are the Franciscans. <laughs> I mean, no, the those are church orders. Is a bunch of those different are different from the too. sects, which would be the rites, and that would be like the well, Marianite. But, that would be the Byzantine. That, the but Latin. to follow that idea, though, a Franciscan is very different than a bunch of other, like any of the other orders. Which means if you had somebody show up being like, "Yeah, I'm a Catholic priest," and they're like, "Then why don't you look anything like this guy?" <laughs> yeah, like where's your, you know, so. It does. It makes perfect sense to me that the rest of the galaxy wouldn't necessarily care about the distinction between Jedi and Sith because it doesn't make any difference to them. They don't worship that. You know, they're not part of that religion. Right. And so in a, and in a it, darker, it makes sense to me. And in a darker sense, it really doesn't matter which side of the wheel the guy with the shiny sword is part of if he's still cutting you in half. <laughs> That's very valid. Yeah, like you're not going to get stabbed by a Jedi or a Sith and be like, but this goes against the code. <laughs> Jedi studies unless, unless, well, the unless guy, you're Dooku. Yeah, but Dooku doesn't who? count. <laughs> I can just picture somebody falling over, dying, and being like, "You may sit on this council, but I don't grant you the rank of master." <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke on Twitter the other day, and it was a stupid joke, but I said something like, "Luke gets up and says." Uh, you failed, Your Highness. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And Palpatine's like, what, you'll never be a master? <laughs> Darth Vader throws him into a pit. <laughs> it's such a good, such a good joke. <laughs> Palpatine throws on sunglasses. Anyway. <laughs> the, um, 
<laughs> I thought it was also funny that right after this, Leia, as as the Bakurans are leaving to go to the like, I guess the real meeting site, they like greet them at their ship, and then they're going to go into the Senate Hall to have the real meeting. Leia turns around and she's like, "Three PO, you're a protocol droid. What's the protocol for this situation?" And Three PO basically goes, "Oh, asking me? Like I don't know." <laughs> It's like, because you're a protocol droid, 3PO, what are you talking about, man? You're willing to chime in on anything anyone mentions, but when someone actually asks you about protocol, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> this is like the only time I think I've ever seen 3PO not know how to... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, why do you why not know the one such... thing that you're supposed to know? And it, it's, it's such a weird, weirdly specific thing. I'm not sure if he just, I, maybe the, I, my my guess is from it, is it clarified because I read it a couple times to try and figure it out. It looks like he's protesting that he doesn't know Bakura and protocol. That's because what he I was. That's what I was going to say is that maybe he just doesn't know Bakura. But well, I, he it is a backwater It is a backwater R2 planet. says, "Oh, I downloaded it from the message pod," and Thripio's like, "And you didn't think to tell me." <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, they're still bickering like an old married couple of droids. Um, also, so they, they go into the Senate Hall of Bakura to meet with the Bakuran Senate and with the governor and try and hammer out a truce. And I, I don't know why, but this struck me as funny. The Bakuran, the Bakuran Senate wardens are wearing purple and gold doublets and hose, like Shakespearean actors. <laughs> Got them. I don't know. It just it it seems like something you'd find on a '90s Star Trek episode because they raided the set from the like Shakespeare movie next door, rather than a Star Wars film. <laughs> because if it was a Star Wars film, it would be like a Wolfman costume from the movie Next Door, and they'd be holding surplus guns from British Army in World War Two. <laughs> well, you're not wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> So then they basically, some stormtroopers come out and say, look, you've got to put all of your weapons into these lockers. And Han pulls the kind of classic trope of like, here's my blaster. Someone nudges him. And then he starts pulling guns and knives out of every pocket. And, and, and that just cements why he's one of my favorite people. <laughs> he it's literally like, has like two other blasters, a knife in his boot, a knife up his sleeve. There's like a prison he's shank somewhere in there. Leia for nudging him about it. <laughs> And I'm imagining he was even more mad because then someone tries to take Luke's lightsaber and he goes, well, you, it's an, it's a ceremonial thing and does a mind trick. So they, they leave it with him. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of the scene in Sinbad when they're at the feast. Yeah. Yes. They're like, please yes. remove all your weapons. And they, and then that one wow. guy is just there for the entire time, removing all his yeah. weapons. What a movie reference. I forgot that existed until you said that. Oh, it's, it's that was such, such a, a good movie. I saw that movie so long ago. I saw it once in theaters, and I remember only that scene. I could not tell you what that movie was about, but I remember the party weapon guy. Well, and this is the thing. <laughs> well, and that that movie it was, was like, like they took that trope and then scene. decided we are going to play this trope all the way out. But I mean, I think that movie never went anywhere because it's super scary. Like it's wildly like terrifying. We said all of them level. Like (laughs) small children are supposed to sit through it and be like, "Wait, I don't understand. Why is he making deals with gods?" Uh, I literally couldn't tell you what happened in that movie. I have no memory of anything other than the weapons guy. (laughs) I don't even know what party they were at. (laughs) I need to rewatch it. It was in celebration of some one heroic thing that he had done, if I remember correctly. And they're like, oh, 
you can be pardoned for all your thievery because you did one good thing. And and so they threw a feast, and then this <laughs> the goddess of chaos shows up and is like, actually, um, the world's gonna end, or something like that. Well, she if also Sinbad murders a couple people dressed as Sinbad and steals a thing and blames him on it. It's like a it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Welcome to Legends of the late '90s, early 2000s animation yeah, studio. I need to that Honestly, movie. I would be the down for podcast that podcast <laughs> where we discuss movies David saw one time, several like a handful of decades ago, or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember how long it was. <laughs> I am, I am happily oh, I waiting movie. for the day where I can make a, a ludicrous puzzle of Kelsey and I, Kelsey and I so literally good. on like a so good. about monthly basis will have some reason to yell well try finding it without my map bite under it one another oh well that that's obviously going to come up when we get to the Jedi Academy trilogy <laughs> yeah. um, looking for the <laughs> <laughs> maw Okay, little rant here about it's Treasure so Planet. Back when I was, that was like my favorite movie at the time, and it is so good. And at the time, McDonald's was running this, uh, the the Happy Meals, and the toys you get would come with a piece of the map. Oh no! And I only needed one piece left to complete the map, and my mom refused to get me the toy because it was of that lobster <laughs> crab dude, and she said she thought he was ugly. So she didn't get him, and I missed that one piece, and I was so mad. I took apart the whole map, and I it is scattered somewhere in various locations around my grandparents' house. And I, I still get mad at her sometimes. Whenever we watch that movie, I remind her, Hey, Mom, remember how you destroyed my dreams as a child and refused to get me the one last piece you, of the map Delbert, that I needed? Need I only needed one this. piece, Mom! Fight. One piece! <laughs> Why would anyone Hashtag fight you about your that? tiny head too small for your big fat buddy! <laughs> who would ever fight you on that you're just right well actually never mind i would fight you on that because morph is the best character ever and you're just wrong <laughs> okay the captain but honestly the captain, is much better as soon as she I goes think, crazy i think like the second yeah, no. yeah the second she's like no tell say it again like that's the that's captain, just great. The captain, okay, the captain awoke many, many furries from the depths <laughs> of Star- this not is just walked, Not just many furries, I was a lot by of lesbians. in a store and I saw Space Jam on with Lola Bunny and like I pointed it to, oh, it to no. my roommate and I just said, and that's when furries were made. <laughs> and I walked off. <laughs> Speaking of seeing a woman and losing all sense of yourself, Luke first meets <laughs> Gary <laughs> When they walk into the Senate chambers, I'm gonna good, crap this helmet on this podcast back onto the rails. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, we're talking about animated, sexy early 2000s animated, animated non, pictures that awoke many things characters. in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> The hey hey okay yeah the captain Kida from Atlantis and Eris I think that was her name from from Sinbad those three from early two thousands uh, animation <laughs> um, de- definitely awoke 
my trans and well not bisexual polysexual it's different <laughs> this isn't my this isn't my series on lgbt straight man luke sees gariel and completely loses it uh as you yes, do he literally he has to shut down all of his senses except for his non-force senses because he's so distracted by technically by her force presence but oh sure that he's that's like, what oh, i pretty. call it too was she right, showing right. off her shoulders did she violate school dress codes you monster no they show ankles like, in this oh world. no the force i've got to like <laughs> stop paying attention to her uh and then they play a message from dev that he sent to Brakura to explain what the sea rook want in which dev dev tells us the utterly unnecessary fact that the ship shrewir means ripe with eggs oof mm, tasty mm. scrambled oh. <laughs> eggs so I don't know why they thought this was a good idea, but the Sea Rook think that sending a video of Dev demonstrating how entechment works, like some kind of demented PSA video, <laughs> is going to work to get the Bakurans to be like, "All right, sign me up for the torture soul suck your chair." Well, I mean, it's I mean, it strikes me as being like, like, like just so alien, you know? I mean, like that's the kind of the whole point behind it. Like, it's just, it's such a weird, like they have no grasp on humanity or, you know, like this galaxy's uh, ideals of, you know, what's good or what's bad type stuff. So yeah, like well, they just have no yeah, idea how they, to talk to us and convince us this is good. Set them apart Cause they think this is a good thing. <laughs> right. Well, and it's if also it's a wonderful a propaganda. Thing, why don't they simply use themselves? I, I really just imagine Dev doing this again. I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but like a 1950s like government video, like through the magic of entechment, you two become a <laughs> battle droid in a easy three part process. First, we strap you into this horrible chair, then we shove a spike in your brain, and then you die painfully. But in the end, you get to be a battle droid. Progress. <laughs> we, I was gonna say, which will probably screw which up. Which will and also you know, probably I mean, die but, you know, painfully. Brought it's to you fine. by a bunch of dinosaurs with nose tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Who may something, or may not something be something out of Lovecraft. In the process of all of this, um, 3PO says something. I don't even remember what he says, but 3PO starts talking and everyone in the Senate chamber starts booing him. Which is understandable, but since they're only booing him because he's a droid, it's a little bit less understandable. That's and they, they finally get 3PO to shut up, even though... Um, you know, he probably had another good point, like he did back in the back in the Falcon when it was the people who aren't droid racists supposedly telling him to shut up. I mean, no one in the universe could stand being <laughs> in the presence of C three PO for too long. That explains go why crazy. Anakin fell to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I and created this monster, and now I have become oh my the monster. <laughs> Everything else is just going up. 3PO doesn't actually talk. Everyone just thinks he does. Oh, that's that's actually kind of trippy. It's all in their head. Everyone's like, why do they keep talking to the weird droid? Anyway. <laughs> um, so, Gario finds out that Luke is a Jedi, as Leia introduces them as a Jedi, and she starts thinking about this... Uh, she basically finds the Jedi to be morally repugnant uh, because she has a religion that basically says, 
um, there's a finite amount of, of power and force in the universe, and the Jedi are essentially greedily hoarding it into themselves and preventing other people from accessing that power. Um, I find this interesting because there isn't anything that I know of that definitively says this isn't in any way true about the Star Wars universe, but the Jedi sort of just assume the Force is, is infinite. It probably is, given the way that people talk about it and it's written about, but I just find it interesting that Gariel's religion is not something where we're taught, you know, where we look at it and we're like, oh, she's an idiot, like, it's clearly wrong. Like, mm -hmm. she might be right about this, but she finds the Jedi to be morally in the wrong just on the fact that they gather power she believes belongs to everyone. So, so I felt that was an interesting portrayal. I I was just going through the season six stuff from Clone Wars. Uh-huh. And they actually kind of hit on that a little bit. Like they, they talk about that in the, uh, well, it was, it was, it was the lost episodes when it first came out. And now it's like the, right. the, the not so lost episodes. Cause the season seven is the, found the episodes. yeah. But, uh, but like in the, when, when mild, uh, as mild spoilery as possible, but Yoda goes on a quest in one of the last episodes of season six. And like they, that discussion is made um, of just the, the link between the living force and the, the actual world. So, and it is kind of hinted that, you know, for, for everything that is done to the force, something must be done to, you know, the, the tangible and vice versa. So, but, but that's also, that's also like, you know, 20 years after this book has been written and, you know, Shusa Bakura comes out in the weird dark times of where, you know, you had several different schools of thought on how things were going. There was not a unified story group kind of guiding right. the whole well, of Star Wars. Just because every action has an equal reaction within the Force and the tangible world doesn't mean that the reaction is bad. Right, right. That's what I like about this, though, because Gariel's religion is not ever something where we're given a definitive answer on whether it's correct or not. It is much like a real religion where people could be like, okay, you know, I can see why you would believe that. Mm -hmm. And I can't just, I'm, like, disprove you. The whole so idea of religion in Star Wars is very weird to me because, like, the reason we have so many competing religions here is because no one can really go and prove one to be true. <laughs> like you can't just be like well i went over and i found out yeah no this is the way it works in star wars we have jedi and sith who are like yeah no this is how the world works because we can go talk to force ghosts and we can come back yeah. and like this is the afterlife we know what it is they give us our they give our military orders <laughs> Right. <laughs> people can't see those ghosts or don't have those experiences like i mean most religions have have some like record of miraculous events or sure. things like that and right. everyone and, has groups of and saints. can non-force sensitive people see force ghosts i don't know if we've no, ever had that they happen. can no because force ghosts. yeah they can they're actual physical apparitions um, there are lots of different instances of this happening in other, like in canon in other areas. Like force ghosts aren't invisible. They are actual like representations of energy. And so like you could see them just like you could see lightning. Huh. I didn't know that. 
I thought they only ever appeared to force sensitives, but I could be wrong. I was about to say I might just be I might just be off on this, but based on what I've seen in games and what I've seen in other places, we um, will see as we go forward. I guess <laughs> we're gonna keep a watch for the first time. Somebody who's not force sensitive respond like sees or responds to a force ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we we will have to see. We will have to see. Um, so while they're having this conversation in the Senate, uh, Leia is trying to talk, and Luke keeps expanding on what she's saying. <laughs> I don't even really understand what he's trying to do, but uh, he's clearly not reading the signals Leia is laying down for him to <laughs> shut up. Luke See, is not having the is, best book. <laughs> this is why Vader force chokes people. This is why. <laughs> um. So the meeting doesn't go quite as well as Leia was hoping. Uh, Narius is is noticeably mute on the topic of whether or not they will have a truce. He just says, we'll discuss it, and then orders a recess so everyone can go, you know, take a break and come back another time. So they head off to their rooms. On their way out, while they're getting their weapons and stuff, Leia notices that one of the Imperial officers is from Alderaan because she recognizes his accent. Um, She kind of hopes that this will help, and he comes over and introduces himself as, I believe, Khan Doragan, or Doragan, I'm not sure. Um, and he kind of does the, like, diplomatic British thing, where he, like, bends down and kisses her on the hand. And this causes Luke to realize Han is jealous through the Force as he does this. And Luke, still being a little bit more of the to-act-first-think-later individual, uses the Force to calm Han down, to alter his emotions. And this makes... Han angry. <laughs> he literally whips around as soon as the Imperial is gone. And he's like, don't do that. Don't ever do that. I mean, and okay. Luke is just sort of like, uh, why? <laughs> uh, because it's a massive invasion of personal, like everything. Like, like that's just, can you imagine your friend? Like, psychically modifying your emotions oh, exactly yeah. no i'm on han's side for this luke has han a long way to so go before he's a jedi master <laughs> but it also really demonstrates how easy it could potentially be for somebody even like luke to uh slip into the dark side because like right because luke doesn't even see this as like a bad thing he's just sort of like oh well for the mission i'm just making sure you don't well, do anything stupid well to defend the dark side <laughs> there is kind of like he did basically the only difference is the effect like whenever your friend is feeling Mm -hmm. down people do things to make you feel better the difference is that luke can make you feel better every time like i'm not really sure that i would be actually that bothered by it if i were han solo like it would definitely be mildly invasive but just like with wedge when he was like yes please block my pain that's but one of the there's the like, difference. Yeah. It was yeah. with Wedge. Wedge consented to that. Wedge was fully knowledgeable I don't that think it was Wedge going did. to happen. I don't think Wedge did. I don't remember the scene, but I definitely don't think he was upset about it when it happened. I don't remember, but um, I find it interesting that this is, even though it is clearly like against Han's will... Luke might not be channeling the dark side because all he's done is calm Han's emotions, which would normally be considered a light side thing. But the way he does it is morally wrong because he's doing something without Han's consent to Han's mind. And Han is quite upset about it. So I found it interesting primarily for the fact that Luke seems to use the light side for a morally wrong reason. 
which kind of plays into that whole idea of to some people or in some of the, the circles that there really is no light or dark. It's just shades and how you use it. Mm-hmm. Light is not good. Dark is not evil kind of idea. I don't know exactly where Star Wars ultimately ends up on that because it's wildly inconsistent. But I just found it interesting that Luke does this and Han is, is clearly upset, tells him to stop. And Han's just sort of or and Luke's just sort of oblivious like well why why for reference chris i looked back with your mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) i Mm -hmm. i looked back and and wedge actually specifically said what's the chance you could jedi me a little nerve blockage this hurts like crazy (laughs) gotcha gotcha that is that is technically even more than consent so yes he did he did consent yeah so the difference in this is that is that wedge and tilly's gave consent not only gave consent but specifically asked Mm -hmm. for luke to do that and han solo not only did not give consent but he has made clear in the movies that Mm -hmm. he does not like the the manipulation aspects of jedi power oh sure and nobody like i wouldn't be comfortable with someone manipulating me in that way unless like i knew like if luke skywalker did this i'd be like okay cool maybe check with me first like i wouldn't be as mad as han was but and and there's there's clearly a difference when it comes to calming someone down there's clearly a difference of oh, Han is about to blast this guy's head off versus, oh, Han mm-hmm. is feeling a little angry. And I feel right. like Luke still right. This actually makes a lot of sense with Han's Legends backstory, though. Where to draw because, that line. Because uh, in Legends, which, I mean, we won't get to because it's already happened in Legends, but in Legends, Han's backstory heavily involves spending time as a child in what I can only describe as a hippie drug cult run by huts. And they were, <laughs> they were being, not like a drug cult in... Not like he joined a cult to take drugs. But that he was explains being used so much. To make drugs for huts, and the way that the slaves were being kept in line was these species of aliens that could vibrate the air at a frequency that made people euphoric. So it was mind control being used to make people feel good to keep them docile. So that makes a lot of sense to me, even though it hadn't been written by this point. Looking back at it, that makes a lot of sense why Han would not be okay with this. I think it is interesting with the the different uh, timelines, you know, how like it wasn't it wasn't fully chronological order in terms of like, you know, after Return of the Jedi, Teresa Bakura came first. And then all the books chronologically after that were written in that same order. It was it. There's all this, you know, back and forth and the different, you know, timelines and stuff like that. Um, Where was I getting with this? Oh, it's it's interesting to see like some of how some of the different stuff comes out and like the different um oh my brain's blocking on how I'm trying to explain it um but like the different theories and the different hooks of of stories and stuff like that and who who grabs hold of certain aspects of stuff you know what I mean uh-huh. yeah like you're talking about you're talking about that that backstory of Han which I had never read I I can't remember, I don't know what I don't know what book that came out of but. That was was um, that in his trilogy? It was a Han Solo trilogy that came okay. out. Okay, I think I I think I missed that one. I didn't. It I didn't actually, hit that it's one. funny because it is in broad strokes very similar to the plot of Solo mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but there are key differences. One of the things that Solo did not include was the the drug cult. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like that versus the uh, 
you know, like this hook in in this book, you know, him really not wanting to use, you know, have mind tricks used on him and like, you know, kind of them pulling is, you know, is that maybe because of this or, you know, or because of that backstory that, you know, that's why they wrote the backstory, you know, after the fact type thing, you know what I mean? Like just to, to see that. What I love is the the characters are so well set up in the movies, mm-hmm. and who they are and what they want, and what their kind of core personality drives are is set up so well that even though these be- are being written by different people out of chronological order, as long as you write to the character, a lot of what happens makes sense even retroactively. Yeah, which is why it's so jarring when we get to books where they're written out of character. Uh, because then their actions don't make any sense. Right. Well, guys, I think we have a first, because not only did we finish everything we set out to read this week and discuss this week, we did it three minutes over time. (laughs) I just looked at, uh, at least according to my account, we are about a quarter of the way through uh, Truce of Bakura, so woo! Woo! Yes! (laughs) Making progress. All right, guys, thank you for... Thank you for listening to Legends of the New Republic. Uh, I'm David. I really appreciate you listening. You can find me on Twitter at AKA Agent Shades. You can find me on YouTube at, a- or at Agent Shades. You can find me on YouTube by going to my Twitter page and looking for the link in my bio. And <laughs> I do things on YouTube that make sense only to me. <laughs> and I'm Chris. Um, please don't shoot me. And I'm talking to my fellow hosts, not to the rest of you on the internet, because the rest of you can't find me. And that's that's my sign off. <laughs> I'm Kat. You can find me on Twitter at Seagull Soup. Don't look for me anywhere else, but you're welcome to help me try and find Chris. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Star Wars 8 or Star Wars 10, The Search for Chris. <laughs> oof, buddy. Big oof. Of all the humans I've ever met, he was the most argumentative (laughs) (laughs) i prefer the term demos avocados but that's just me we love you thank you i love you more i'm shark ray 24 you can find me pretty much anywhere under that username uh i do all kinds of things from writing and let's plays currently let's playing persona 5 on my channel as well as video essay analyses and dramatic readings. <laughs>